Thanks for tuning in to Chilling with Churn and Kara. We are two cancer survivors who met by chance and decided to come together to share on our renewed perspective of life. If you like our podcast, do follow us and subscribe. We hope to connect with each and every one of you. So thanks for tuning in. Today, we would like to talk about how cancer looks like and what we thought we would look like when the doctor told us that we had cancer, you know, versus the reality of how we actually did look like. Mm-hmm. Did I say look like a lot? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay. I mean, I'm sure that you guys will understand what we're, ta- we're talking about. When the doctor told us that, you know, we had cancer, I'm sure that an image of yourself ran through your mind. Mm-hmm. Where did that image of yourself come from? And, you know, when we hear that our friends have cancer, you know, where does that image of impression come from? Actually, I feel that cancer comes from this, like, dark place that's so ingrained in, like, especially in Hollywood movies. Mm. You know, of this, like, frail, thin, bald, just skin and bones of image. You just see a skeleton on this, like, bed, and you're just struggling to, like, just survive. And, like, that image is just so grim. Mm, like pale <clears throat> like colorless yeah skeletal but actually when i was younger my first impressions was hong kong drama oh okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> because i mean I, I i didn't really watch hollywood movies when i was younger okay, right? okay. i watched whatever my parents watched and yep, so yep. it's like tvb ba kind of like hong kong shows in cantonese with chinese subtitles yeah and like there's a lot of hospital shows mm, yeah, and yeah. like i think that in the shows of people who are going through cancer treatment they're almost dying yeah it's all always like older people always older people and they are always sort of like joined together with the term of death like cancer patients and death always goes hand in hand Mm. there's always this like lack of hope that's depicted in movies when it comes to like cancer Mm. patients what do you think i mean because of that right like when my sister told me that she had cancer at such a young age i you know 20 plus i was like wait can young people have cancer and the second thought was oh my goodness like is she gonna survive Right. So obviously, where did I get that impression from? And honestly, at that point in time, I I didn't know anyone who's young who had cancer. Yeah, it's either like the really young age group, like the babies and like those like in the peds kind of group. Yeah, like like less than six years old, like less than 10 years old. Mm. Or just the really like above 50 kind of like range. Right. So when I found out I had like, the big CA and I found out when I was at 28 years old mm. I just felt like what does that even happen like, yeah do you know what I mean yeah, yeah 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 so like um I remember that when the doctor told me that I had cancer she warned me about weight gain <laughs> oh, sorry say that again weight gain weight gain <laughs> she said that um uh, just be prepared to gain weight because you will have steroids. Yeah. And my impre- my first reaction was what? 
Like, yeah. I don't even get to lose weight. Like, like that was like my <laughs> first impression as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the second thing she told me was uh, to prepare for hair loss 14 days from the beginning of my first chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And um, because I had my sister who was already going through uh, our epoch, right, at the mm-hmm. time, also chemotherapy for lymphoma. Yeah. All right. So I had three months... Like my like I can see my future in three months' time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that was my reference yeah. at that point in time. So I'm not sure what 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 was your reference? Well <clears throat> so I have been somewhat um have had sort of encounters in the medical world and I saw patients who have had cancer and it was sort of true where they always depict in the movies about them being on the deathbed, being all, you know, like thin and frail and always like vomiting and able to even eat. I guess those are like more towards the palliative stage in terms of the late stage cancers. Mm. But when I first found out that I had cancer, that was the first thought that came into my mind and that my doctor told me that, you know, you have to be prepared for weight loss, not weight gain. Oh. Yeah, that was, like, quite interesting. interesting. Yeah. So, and I was like, yay! Actually, like, I've been struggling with, like, weight for a while now. Mm. And I was like, okay, if I can lose some weight, yeah, why not, right? Wait, yeah. did you not get steroids? I did get steroids, yeah. But at the time, I guess, like, they didn't know what cancer it was. Mm. So, they were sort of, like, going into, like, the whole, like, generic, like, stereotypes of, like, what most cancer treatments would result in and mm. that was like weight loss yeah and so i went into treatment thinking that i will lose weight but mm. like on the contrary <laughs> i get 50 kg balloon <laughs> i was <laughs> i was a freaking fishball i was a freaking fishball <laughs> like you could just like push me and i was just bound bounce <laughs> on the hill <laughs> i know right oh my goodness yeah i mean the weight gain was real <clears throat> And it, it lasted, it definitely lasted for a while after after chemotherapy. Yeah. But but let's talk about, you know, in reality, when we first started cancer treatment, you know, what, first of all, what treatment did you go through? And also what, uh, like, how did you look like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went through um, REPOC uh, for my lymphoma. And that's basically five days of continuous infusion of, let, let me count, six different kind of drugs and um yeah like and each each cycle and i had to do it for six cycles and each cycle lasts for five days and after each cycle they evaluate your blood test to see whether you know certain like parameters have dropped and if it hasn't they'll increase to the next level so it's a bit like a game where you have to try and like like outrank your previous level until your body can't handle it anymore in terms of like how your lab results show and after that yeah they just stop stop it at there but oh, like so medical yeah that's that's quite medical i'm mm. sorry yeah. <laughs> I, I, well that's what that's what i understood <laughs> so, wow yeah yeah Yeah, but like but but yeah and after that i guess um well some of the side effects that i experienced was um hiccups Oh, and yeah, that was, that was a very rare side effects. Okay. So it was so bad that it lasted for a few hours at a time and that my chest would just hurt from like the persistent hiccups. Sorry, from the first cycle onwards? Yeah, from the first cycle onwards. Like after how many days of your, your RE pop? Just on my first day. Oh, 
Yeah, because I think it was a steroid. Apparently, like the steroid irritates your diaphragm or something like that. Okay. It tickles your diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> and hence, like you, you have these hiccups. So yeah, I've got to be just really careful with my food. Like anything oily, um, anything greasy or too flavorful or like not easily digestible. Yeah. That Can I just it. say that I have not met a hiccuping mm. cancer patient yeah. yet? <laughs> okay, well, I'm a unicorn. I'm one of the first. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. So d- does it mean that you had heartburn as well? Yeah, I had really severe heartburn. Like, did you have... Wait, look. I think most people would go through heartburn as well. Oh, yes, yes. I yeah. had really severe acid reflux. Yep, yep, yep. I had really, really bad acid reflux during treatment. But and with the hiccup, that would yeah. be like even more, like yeah, amplified. It was like, it was like double whammy. Yeah. It was quite bad. Yeah. Wow. And then on top of that, I was always nauseous to the point where the usual like anti-nausea medications just doesn't cut it anymore. And mm-hmm. I was on this like, what, $50 for like three... For, for a pill, kind of like new age uh, anti-nausea medication. Wow. Yeah, so, well, that works wonders. But then, yeah, the nausea was a big part of me. Yeah. Mm. Give me the, the name of the medication. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't remember. You remember? <laughs> well, I can't oh, really, get um, like, you know, like promote for like pharmaceutical brand here. <laughs> Give me the tips. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, okay. But <clears throat> how about like, could you... I mean, because we're talking about the image of ourselves during cancer treatment, right? Like, were you in bed all the time? Could you, you know, walk? Could you do stuff for yourself? How, how did you, you know, how was your mobility? My goodness, like, I think like after each and every cycle, it just took a huge toll on my body that like, for example, I can't even walk. Nor can I really climb the stairs without feeling out of breath. I remember just going down the street just to get a cup of coffee and I was just like out of breath. I was sweating profusely. I was just not able to even breathe properly. And that was because my blood levels were just so low. And like initially, I went in thinking that I would just lose weight. But after every cycle, I was just gaining more and more weight. And obviously, the hair loss was a big thing as well. But the bright side was I didn't need to spend money on shampoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess, uh, and it was um, easy to dry. So I didn't really have to spend much time, you know, like looking after personal hygiene, you can say. No, but I wasn't disgusting, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we can be disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. But what about yourself, Kara? How, what do you, what do you go through and what sort of treatment do you go through? Well, I think that, um, I'm a very, can you say, high-functioning person. Like, I like to feel like I'm productive, mm-hmm. right? So when the doctor first told me that I had to go through chemotherapy, um, I kind of knew what I was getting into. So I went through our CHOP, mm-hmm. which was just uh, one day in the clinic to get the the drip yeah and then thereafter it was five days of like severe oral pills okay right a lot of steroid pills and and then injection and all that so um i would go to the doctors myself Mm -hmm. um because my sister was going through chemotherapy my dad was recovering from his uh heart surgery at that time um so i still had the strength to go to the doctors myself to mm-hmm. you know go through chemotherapy and I would come back by bus by train and then I would be quite tired it wasn't like debilitating yeah 
it was just very tired, like no energy. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to, like, if you sit down on a chair or you just lie down on the bed, you feel like your whole body is just sinking into the bed, you know. And be one with the bed. And just be one with the <laughs> bed. Absolutely, exactly. And like, okay, so the, the, thing, the thing that I struggled with was um, when I lie on the bed, I felt so um, useless. Mm. I felt like, oh crap, I'm not doing something useful. So it took me three cycles to accept the fact that I can rest, right? Okay. But I would still go out every day to just exercise a bit, you yep, know, yep. from my house to the grocery, from my house to the library, um, from my house to a cafe, mm. right? Um, and I could cook for myself. Mm-hmm. I taught my sister how to cook during this time. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think that it was... Uh, I was high-functioning for a cancer patient. Yeah, yeah you're way too high-functioning for a cancer <laughs> patient there. <laughs> but then I learned how to uh, accept rest. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that was my reality. <laughs> but also, I would like to talk about hair loss. Mm. Right. Um, I struggled with it a lot in going into knowing that my hair was going to drop off or I don't even know what to what extent it was going to to lose itself. Mm-hmm. Right. I even remember asking my sister, how do you know when to shave your head or how do you know yeah. when to, you know, get a wig or something? Yeah. And she said, you'll know. Yeah. And what is, you know, and actually on the 14th day, exactly. Yeah. When I, as I pulled out my hair, a bunch, like I grab a bunch of hair from my scalp and I pull it out, it just easily just, just detaches from my scalp. And that was when I knew that I had, I had to shave myself, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, yeah, for me, I'd rather take a shaver and shave my head myself. Yeah, yeah. Right, because I like. You want to be in control I want to be exactly. Yeah. I want to be in control, and I don't want to have like a rain of hair <coughs> on me on me all the time. Yeah, yeah. So how about you? Like, how did you cope with your hair loss? Well, to be honest, like male pattern baldness runs <laughs> in my family. So <laughs> wait, wait have, what's that? So like male pattern baldness is like mm, like the male in the family are more prone to like losing their hair in their like mid thirties or forties. So yeah, I sort of accepted the fate of that when I was very young because I saw my father and like, you know, other relatives as well. So I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Um, someday I'll just have to accept being bald. But then when I went through chemo, actually like in the first week itself, I noticed my hair started falling out. And like, initially I got that like, oh no moment. Like when I was like bathing, I was like, oh, this is it, this is it. And immediately like, I made like, a telephone call to my hairstylist. I'm like, okay, this is an emergency. I need to like come in right now. And he was like, why? I was like, I've been diagnosed. And then he was like, say no more. I've got you a room. And like, I came in and he cut my hair and he did like for me. And now I'm so grateful. And here's a shout out to you. I really like remember that moment because like he really took care of me. Aww. And like he said that uh, he got me a VIP room. Like that was like sort of like not in the public because like, you know, at that time you're immunocompromised. What kind of salon is this that has a VIP room? Yeah. So, so atas. So it is, uh, <laughs> you can DM me and I'll like recommend you. <laughs> like ladies and gentlemen. Wow. But yeah. <clears throat> but like, I can, can I just say that 
Kara, you're just amazing because in the sense that you're still looking after like, your other family members and like you're going through cancer yourself and yet you're still pushing yourself day in, day out to do things, you know, to keep yourself active. Like for me, I was a worm. <laughs> I was a worm. I led a, a worm life. <laughs> I wish I led a worm life. I wish I accepted being in a worm life. Yeah, I was just like watching Netflix. That's great. And like, I couldn't do anything. My mind was blurry, like from like, if you could see like the progression of like day one of like my cycle and day five, I was just like, day one, I was awake for like maybe five hours and like day five, I was just like awake like none of the hours. <laughs> like I was just sleeping and dozing off everywhere. Like, you know, chemo was just like killing my body cells, like everything. And I, and I guess like, like everything was like, yeah, my eyes were blurry. I couldn't focus. Like my mind was in a fog. Yeah, mind yeah, fog. Mind fog is a real thing. It's a real thing. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that I, I forgot to turn off the stove once. Oh dear. I know. And then my, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I went to take a shower and I came out <clears throat> and my pot of, of like soup was Boiling, boiling profusely <laughs> and I'm like oh crap I thought I turned it off and then my sister started to paste post-it notes my our youngest sister she started to paste post-it notes around the house to remind us to turn off the stove yeah. turn off the lights you know just turn off everything <laughs> oh, so I mean I think I thought that was a really good technique it was like it's, it's sort of useful like dementia patients as well Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So can I just say that like another interesting thing that um physically I went through mm-hmm. was uh I became darker. Oh yeah. Did you become darker? Like in my peripheries, like my feet. <laughs> and like like yeah, so like yeah, my feet, my toes, <laughs> and like my my fingers. And like do you have like those like nails that like got discolored? No, I did like not. White bands. No. So yeah, I could count like how many cycles I did based on like the white bands that forms on my nails. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So it was like. Also, but did you did you get significant? Like, did people approach you and ask you? Did you go for a ten? No, not for me. Okay, yeah. for me definitely. Like they were like, did you just go out for a ten? Are you supposed to go for a ten? And I'm like, I did not go for a ten. <laughs> and then when I asked my my doctor, she said that. Um, it is very hyperpigmentation is very common for chemotherapy patients. Yes, yes, indeed. It's yeah. one of the side effects of uh doxyrubicin. Ah. Yeah, that's like they call it the 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 red kind of like looking drug. Right. Yeah, that's the one that causes like this nasty like tanning effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my tongue was also pigmented. It became oh. black in some areas, okay. which was quite quite normal. Yeah. yeah. But I love being tanned. So that said, I was very happy that I wasn't looking pale. Like, you know, some of our misconceptions that we have. You got a free tan. And I got, got a free, free bikini tan. wax. Exactly. <laughs> Hairless and tan. Hairless, spotless. You know, I struggle with something like, you know, when I sweat and like, you know, and you know, cause like, you know, you're like hairless everywhere, including your pits. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it just slips. <laughs> <laughs> So slippery. Indeed. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you know, this is addressing the misconceptions that, you know, we're pale or we lose our weight and, you know, or extreme frailty, right? Mm. And uh, let's talk about how about now, right? We've been through cancer treatment. How long ago was that again? Oh dear. That was like one and a half years ago for me. Okay, okay. Yeah, still quite fairly recent. How about yourself? Wow, for me, it's about five years ago. 
Wow, kudos on being alive. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So yeah, let's talk about how life after cancer looks like. Well, these days, I just go about like maximizing my day and I just do what I want. I mean, like within like normal limits, of course. Right. Um, yeah, like I took on a easier role in my in my job. It wasn't as stressful as before and it had it afforded me more work life balance. Right. And what I used not to be able to do was catch up with friends and family because um my job took a significant amount of time away from me. And hence, uh with with these days especially, I have time to meet my friends, spend time with my family. Wait, 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 wait. I think that people need to know that you are spin you're spinning <laughs> like crazy, like what, three times a week? Well I mean, yes. how long after your chemotherapy did you start spinning? Well, I think I started spinning about like three or four months after like my last chemo treatment. That is insane. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> my heart was pounding so fast. I thought like I was about to like, just like really meet my fate there and then <laughs> in my first class. If it's not chemo, if it's not cancer, it's spinning. <laughs> it is spinning. By spinning. Oh Much preferred. Ride or die. <laughs> Ride or die. Yeah, but like how did you even, you know, so in your first session of spin, spin class, did you actually complete the one hour, or is it 45 minutes? Yeah, it's about 45 minutes. Okay. But, like, it was quite challenging, actually, like, because it was intense cardio, and, like, with my blood levels of, like, 8 or 10 at that time, like, I don't think, like, my body was adept to it, but, like, I just, like, I just felt like it was, like, mind over matter, and I just, like, went for it. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But, like, Kara, I think you took a different approach. I think you went for, like, more Tai Chi. Oh, yeah. sessions. Yes, yeah. yes. So, for myself, um, after treatment, I realized that I lost a lot of muscle, mm. right? Muscle wasting. And I would, I realized that whenever I walked a distance, I would kind of trip on myself. And my knees were weak. My my thigh muscles were, were weak. And, I mean, I would not fall completely, but I would always trip and then pick myself up. Yeah. Right. And so right after treatment, I wanted to go into some physiotherapy slash rehabilitative treatment, mm-hmm. uh, exercise for my legs specifically. Yeah. So I did consider Pilates or Tai I'd even consider Tai Chi, right? Yeah. I just researched on um, what are scientific ways to build our health, build our body back. Yep, yep. And I read this Harvard medical article about how Tai Chi is scientifically proven to help patients with um, dementia, Parkinson's, and all these other conditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I decided to take this approach. So I looked at classes in Singapore and I found this school, this mm-hmm. studio. It's called... <clears throat> Sing Wushu Academy. Yeah. And they do teach beginner Tai Chi from a traditional perspective. When I went to school, my Shufu was so welcoming. She, he's so nice. And then I realized that all the, the students there, they're all older and stroke patients, you know, lung cancer patients. And I can tell you that they look so good. And the community sounds fantastic. Like everyone is there just to like get back to their health. And I think like that mindset, that positivity mm. is just engaging, yep. inspiring, and just makes you like want to like look towards like what you can achieve next. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess like we've come to sort of towards the end of our podcast for today. Yeah. Where we talked about some of what cancer misconceptions can be 
and how we have this fixated image of what we look we, we are supposed to look like coming into cancer like being thin frail and just like weak and even after cancer there's always this like bleak picture that you never be a hundred percent and that you had damaged goods mm, <laughs> right yeah yeah but i guess actually like you know our cancer journey is it's quite different from others in the sense that we gain weight instead of lost weight and everyone couldn't tell that we had cancer Absolutely. except for the hair loss Mm. Yeah. yeah. And like, even then, like, they'd be like, did you have a Britney moment? <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't have a midlife crisis here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, hair grows back, muscle strengthens. For me, I have found a new confidence in mm-hmm. helping others, as I'm sure you as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, what is your takeaway on how cancer looks like? Well, <clears throat> my takeaway of what cancer looks like is that cancer doesn't define you. You are what you make out of your life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, if someone has cancer, you know, you don't ask them like, oh, like, I thought you look a certain way or like, oh, like, I expect you to be bedridden. I said, no, like, you know, cancer doesn't really define you. You you do whatever you want to make yourself feel good. You eat whatever you want. You know, there's no restriction to food in what in the sense that you have to, you know, abstain from this to like prevent from cancer reoccurring. It's like, no, you only have one life. Just eat what you want, babe. Yeah, You absolutely. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for the public, uh, you know, if you know someone who has cancer or um, if, you know, a family member or friend who has, you know, some critical illness, just not just cancer, I think you can... Uh, ask for permission, you know, to ask them more about it. You know, mm. don't assume that they are going through something because of what you've seen in a movie or what your other friends or family member has been through, mm-hmm. right? Always ask them first whether, oh, is this the case or how are you feeling first? Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. And for cancer patients and survivors, you know, I would say, you know, maybe be more forgiving to the public, to your friends who may not know what to say to you mm-hmm. maybe they say something wrong and but they sometimes they just don't know yeah yeah and it is um yeah sometimes they don't know and yeah like, it's, it also comes from your effort as well to educate them as well and say that actually you know that's not what it looks like and then i'm going through this um i mean if you could respect you know like what i'm going through it is my journey and my fight to win and I would like you to support me if you can, but if you can't, that's all right as well. You know, there's no obligation for you to support me too. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, communication is is just the key. Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, everyone has their own fights and battles to win every single day. You know, sometimes we also have our own fights and battle and it is also okay if someone doesn't want to be part of it. That's all right. That's all right. right. That's all right. Mm. But those who are with you and who those who remain with you, Yes, they are the ones that are keepers for life and that, you know, my personal superheroes. Shout out to you guys, you know. Bless it up for Bless being with me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, I guess that's it for this episode of Chilling with Chern and Kara. If there are any topics or questions you'd like us to talk about, you know, write to us on our Instagram at Chern and Kara or Facebook page at Chilling with Chern and Kara. Yeah, thank you guys. Remember to follow us, subscribe. Until next time, we'll speak to you guys soon. Bye. Bye, guys. Oh, no, no. <laughs>